Hello, this is Rob World, a podcast where I talk about movies, music, and books. I also talk about making music, making movies. Yeah, probably won't talk about making a book for quite some time. So yeah, let's jump right into it. I'm going to talk about things that I've seen, then I'll pick a ticket from a bag of tickets I've been saving from 2006 and talk about the, the film that I picked from there and um, the experience seeing it. Then I'll do a uh, reading recommendation. Then a listening recommendation uh, for a couple of songs. <clears throat> Throughout this recording, and probably recordings in the future. You're going to hear people speaking in the background. I live on a relatively, not, not a busy street, but pedestrians do walk by. There's a church across the street. <clears throat> There's also a train, but uh, it just passed, so hopefully that does not come by anytime soon. So let's jump right into it. Um, so Pichote, uh, hope I'm saying that right, I heard it said over and over again in the movie, um, 1981, director Hector, uh, good movie, um, it's about a group of youths, um, aged anywhere from 11 to 14, who were picked up in a roundup after a judge is pushed under a car and killed. Um, they pick up a bunch of kids, and at the beginning they do a little roll call in the police station, uh, introducing you to each one before they're sent off to the detention center. And uh, right off the bat, we get a child-on-child um, -child rape, group rape, um, in there, so you know what you're getting into. Um, and from then on, it's just brutal. The institution they're in is um, broken, of course, and uh, they deal with the children in broken ways. And not spoiling anything really, but a uh, couple of main kids do escape and continue. Uh, I won't say they're broken ways, but yeah, it's, it doesn't go good. It doesn't go, yeah, it's. It, and it, it, that sounds dour, but it's all it's all pretty good. It's not. Um, I thought it was gonna be be a beat down, but and while there is a lot of bummer stuff going on, there is uh, lighter moments pep peppered in there, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's a classic. I don't I don't know why it took me this long to go see it or to see it. Uh, and that's on uh, Criterion Channel. Ten dollars a month. Sponsor me, fools. Um, Artifice Girl. Gareth, do you recognize this girl? Yes. What's her name? Cherry. We think we can help you, but we need to help her too. You don't understand. Who is she? I'm asking you politely to let this one go. She's a child. 
the reason you can't find Cherry. The reason why she doesn't have a last name or a social security number is because she's not a real human being. Hey, what's up? I'm Cherry. Uh, by director Franklin Rich. Um, this did festivals last year. Um, and just hit VOD last week, I believe. I rented it for $5.99 on uh, Xfinity. And this one's interesting. Um, I played a little trailer before this, and it tells you all you need to know. You should probably not even know that and just jump in blind, really. Um, but I just did you the disservice of playing the trailer, so you're already fucked. Um, yeah, it's good. It's deep subject matter. Uh, Two-thirds of the film takes place in what looks like, you know, a company storage closet with uh, Ikea furniture in there and a TV on the wall and people in suits. And it's good, yeah. A lot of people will bring up Ex Machina. I, I didn't like Ex Machina as much as I liked The Artifice Girl. Um, did I even name the fucking... Yeah, I did. Yeah, see. wonder if I'm going to be any good at this podcasting thing. But, you know, I'm learning. Okay. But yeah, great movie. Um, third act has uh, Lance Henriksen in it. And I think it kind of deflates the balloon that was being pumped up the entire film. Um, and not that I wanted something climactic or, you know, groundbreaking or anything. But I wanted... I wanted to keep that momentum that was started with the first couple acts. Um, but yeah, it's worth five ninety nine. Five ninety nine. It's gonna be out. You know, it's gonna be out on like one of these free services. I, I'm sure it'll be on something sooner or later. Next, uh, and this one's a little weird for me, but Angel likes this kind of shit and. Uh, it's directed by David Lowry, uh, Peter Pan, and Wendy. Tell me, how did you come to Neverland? Michael! Gone! Are you... Lost boys. Every last one of us. Uh, Disney Plus. Um, it's good. It's better than it should be. Uh, I was just reading this morning about David Lowry citing um, Tarkovsky, specifically uh, the mirror, in his uh, inspirations for some of the early imagery with Wendy in the house. And now that I think back about it, I can uh, I can see that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's my favorite iteration of this story. Which isn't saying much, you know. I don't, I don't love Peter Pan. There was one that came out a couple, a couple of years ago called Wendy, purely um, by the, um, I think it was the director of Beasts, the Beasts of the Beasts of Southern Wild, and that one was very similar to Beasts, um, both visually. And, and it's storytelling, and that was a really good one, too. Um, though I'm struggling to remember anything about it. So. And then, lastly, a TV show. Um, 
let that. I, I should bring up um, Dead Ringers. We just cut a baby out of a woman's womb. She asked us to. We didn't just like do it. She's the funny one. The first four, three episodes are directed by uh, Sean Durkin of uh, Marthy Mar Martha Marcy May Marlene and uh, what was that? The Nest. He directed. And then at least one episode is directed by Karen Kusama of uh, Jennifer's Body and um, God, she Destroyer. Oh, yeah, The Invitation. Um, and Dead Ringers, yeah, an extension or requel or reboot or whatever you want to call it of the 1988, I think it is, uh, David Cronenberg movie. Um, Jeremy Irons playing dual roles. Rachel Weisz does that with um, two women, two two twins running, um, you know, kind of like a birthing center and, and trying to step up their game in experimental birthing procedures and, and just women's um, youth, I don't know what you'd call that, techniques, something like that, I don't know. So yeah, it's it's good. The first four episodes really go there. They're they're pretty transgressive and brutal, and and um, I just it it was surprising, really. Um, I really didn't think, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but I thought it was going to be very woke, and it 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 is, and not that I mind woke storytelling. I don't mind that at all, um, but. Taking a David Cronenberg thing and doing that, it's like, why not just make your own goddamn thing, you know? Uh, but whatever. No business of mine. I liked it, so there's that. But I do think that that kind of pinched the nerve a little early and uh, stopped some of the originality there, because they're really doing something. They're, they, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the original, so I was hoping, and they do do some very strange things, but it bears the name, but does not bear the strange, um, alien nature of the original. Um, I will say there are no strange tools. I think I got one, some one, but that, that's really, that's really all there is. So, onto this ticket from the bag thing. I've been um, saving these tickets, I think, since I said at the beginning, since 2006. And they don't do it as often anymore. You kind of have to ask for it. They usually just do the, the phone thing. And that's what I do most of the time because I can't be bothered to just stare at these people in the face smelling like weed and Hoping they don't check the backpack I have on my back for beer or whatever, snacks. Movie theaters, they make their they make their money around the concessions, so I can't blame them. But I'm not paying fucking eight dollars for milk duds, and I'm not paying twelve dollars for a twelve ounce beer that's gonna taste like garbage because no one takes care of the taps. So let's pick from this motherfucker. If I pick a lame one, I'm probably going to put it back in 
do something else. Just because this is the first episode, I can't be starting. First episode of the lane. A lot of these are. F oh gosh, yeah. That's gonna have to wait. Full disclosure, I picked Lala Land first, so. That's just not. <laughs> first episode of material. Gosh. You know what? I'm gonna skip that one too. There's a lot of tickets in here. <laughs> the Endless. Okay. At Rialto Cinemas. I think this is in Berkeley. Elmwood. Yeah, probably some, probably somewhere in Berkeley. I don't remember. Somewhere in the Bay Area. Um, I think we've also seen Wiener Dog at this theater. Um, the Endless just kind of whiffed with me. Um, it's wild. I really connected with uh, Resolution, their first film, which was like a micro-budget uh, addiction drama with like cosmic horror that started their whole shtick and connected to all of their films um, and pops up in the endless actually. And it's I liked Spring that came out of after resolution um, but again they always make movies that seem like they're movies in another movie you know they're not complete to me I never walk out being like wow that's something to chew on that's something I really <laughs> need to see again except for the res resolution that movie's fantastic um and then spring there are moments that are fantastic and then the endless um again moments that are fantastic but it never with their movies i think they want you to tear up and there or be um, or marvel at what's going on. Um, and I don't think I ever got that. With the endless, I, endless, I think it was a certain moment in the desert pulling at a rope in the dark that was really impressive. But, but yeah, and syncretic, synchronic, I think, was the other movie. Um, still. Fantastic acting, fantastic direction, and something in the dirt, their other film. It's their found footage kind of movie. Um, which I think is their best cinch res resolution, but yeah. The Endless, Sunday, April uh, 22nd. I think April 20... I don't know. Must have been 22nd. I don't know when this came out, but... Yeah, there you go. The Endless. Alright, next... Reading recommendations. I didn't really think this one out through uh, because the last time I read a book was about five months ago. Um, some weird shit happened in life and I just haven't felt like looking at pages. Um, and the last book I read though was The Orchard Keeper by Cormac McCarthy, which, like many of his books, this is his first by the way, many concurrent. Storylines, jumping around in time, little grammar, very biblical in its writing, um, but also very mean and funny and 
um, cyclical. Yeah, it's good. Um, there are moments from it that I think about all the time, um, especially as a cat owner. And don't take that as a detriment. It's not that bad. Um, it's a fantastic book. There's very there's events that happen in it, and it's just yeah, it's very impressive to me how he can um, as his first novel, which I, I believe he released it quite old as a as a uh, later in his life, uh, but still very fucking good. Uh, I'm excited to read his new one. So, next. I gotta get rid of this old man mouth thing. I, I can kind of hear myself, like, open my mouth. <laughs> I think it's because I'm drinking beer. Specifically Pabst. Um, so I should probably get some water eventually, but... The show is what I'm gonna call it. The show... Is almost over. Next up is uh, listening recommendations. I've got two songs here. Uh, they're very indie and very, I don't know, they're just good vibes, you yeah? um, know? Of course, I'm gonna be playing some metal, some weird stuff in the future, some avant garde nonsense. Um, and I hope these don't get flagged because I'm only doing a private podcast. Um, but we'll see. Um, this first song is uh, by a Sniffle Party. Uh, the song is called All the Snow is Gone. Uh, it's a good song to walk to during the rain or in the sun.
next song is um, by a gentleman named Christopher Bear, and the song is called Pup Love. I found the song on a show called High Maintenance. I think it was on HBO, or it is on HBO, certainly. Um, it's about a dude who makes his way around New York City delivering small amounts of weed. Um, and it's pretty good. Uh, it's one of those shows you'd kind of put on at the end of the night. Um, you know. <laughs> and the, when you say that, a show at the end of the night, a show at the end of the night, that's usually a comforting thing. You know, it's not a detriment to the show. So, Christopher Bear, Pup Love. Goodbye.